Hey guys, this is Ted, your friend and host speaking and welcome back to the Ted Teo Business Show. Today we're talking about masterminds and I have my friend Liz Scully who is an expert on this subject. Liz is a film industry veteran who has spent over 20 years working on big Hollywood films and she's won an Emmy and her work is multi-Oscar nominated. Today, Liz is a business strategist and a mastermind coach and she teaches other entrepreneurs on how they can run their own masterminds. On today's episode, Liz shares what is a mastermind group and the benefits of joining one, tips on curating and running a mastermind group and how one can get the most out of it. Now Liz has been super kind and generous because she has offered us some of her free resources on www.rethinkcentral.com ted. Now as always, all show notes, tools and resources are available online at tedteo.com. That's T-E-D-T-E-O.com. And if you'd like to support the show, then the best way to do this is to subscribe to the show, leave a review and share the show with someone who will find it useful as well. Now as a way to say thank you and to show my appreciation to you guys, if you actually do subscribe and leave a review on Apple iTunes by the end of September, then you stand a chance to win $50 worth of gift vouchers from Amazon. Now let's dive right in. Hi Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Liz, let's start with a very simple icebreaker so we can all get to know you a bit better. Could you share with us, who is Liz Scully when she isn't working? Blimey, that's a big question. I am uh, Irish, nomadic when it isn't a time of plague. Um, I have an English accent, which is extremely confusing for everyone, most of all for me. And um, I worked in the film industry for 20 years, so I'm a cinephile on the quiet. So Liz, let's dive right in. I know you're the only person in the world right now who's currently teaching how to mastermind professionally. So let's break it down. Could you tell us what a mastermind is and what is it for? Well, masterminding is for everybody. There are a few other people that teach masterminding, but they mostly teach how to sell them. What I particularly specialize in is the community around them, and that's the heart of a mastermind. So it is a small group of people that meet many times, or they meet once for a deep dive, but they meet and they make a commitment to achieve something by the next time they meet. And during their session together, it is unlike any other form of coaching, it is many minds together. That's where the mastermind comes from, because together we produce something that is bigger than ourselves. Liz, let's drill into this point a little bit more. What are the common misconceptions of what a mastermind group is? How is it any different from a networking group or a community? Well, that's a great question because unfortunately there's no governing body for masterminds. So there is a certain wishy-washiness about what is and isn't a mastermind. But classically, a mastermind is a group of the same people that meet many times so that you get to know people. So it has longevity. You are definitely going to achieve a goal. That doesn't happen in the networking group. You make a commitment that by the next time we meet, and because there is a pressure of the group expectation, excuse me, because there is a pressure of expectation that you'll do that. We, I think we all work better when there's people we don't want to let down. So you'll make a goal. It is somewhere that you could be very vulnerable because these people see you week after week, time after time. So um, we become involved in each other's businesses. And in a networking event, that might happen, but it's not really the same. Same if you're being coached, it's just you and the coach. And in webinars and in training, It is one person sharing their opinion, one to many. A mastermind is this really special little space where we're all together and we're guided towards a common goal of helping each other. 
So Liz, if I understand you correctly, there's this idea of accountability and goal setting for a mastermind group. And the idea is that every individual in a mastermind group sets their own goals, but they help each other and themselves achieve these goals along the way. And this is not something that's present in a normal networking group or a community. But Liz, here's my next question. How is having a mastermind group actually potentially more beneficial to an individual as opposed to having a direct one-on-one coach? Well, one-to-one attention is amazing and, and it is something that we all benefit from, but it is very personal. It's very um, internal. And a mastermind is very much about asking a group of people that you trust for input. So uh, one of my coaches always says, you can't read the label inside the jar. And that's why it's great to have a coach, but to have four people suggesting things for you, people who know you, people who have seen you through the tough times and the tired times, and the times when it didn't quite work, they will suggest things in a sort of 360 view that you're never going to get just from one person and just on your own. I really do think masterminds work really well alongside one-to-one coaching. And in some cases, if it's a really well-curated group, it can be even better than one-to-one coaching. So Liz, if I understand you correctly, being in a mastermind group actually provides you with the additional benefit of exposure to other individuals in the group and their different industries. Absolutely. Well, you can actually have them in the same area as long as there's no... um, difficulty with people poaching clients from each other. So say you were doing all dentists or all realtors or all lawyers, you could do that if everyone was in a slightly different area or if everyone is in the same area, but geographically in a different place. So you could do, I don't know, five-star hotel owners, one in Miami, one in Florida, actually the same place, but one in Miami, one in um, Cancun, one in New York, that would work. But really, they work best when the mix is is not necessarily different people in different industries, but different types of people. So you have a a mix of the impes- you know the the impetuous and the the people who are much slower thinkers and the people who are much clearer thinkers, because together you will get a completely different picture. Liz, thank you for actually explaining to us what is a mastermind and the benefits of joining one. But let's take a step back. You actually mentioned that you were in the film industry for about 20 years and I know that you were actually involved with physical effects and special effects in the industry. Now, could you explain to us how you became such an expert in masterminds and how did you build a business around helping others with their masterminds? Absolutely. Well, I I realise it does sound like a very odd move from uh, blowing things up in movies to working in strategy, but there is a surprising through line for it. So first of all, strategy-wise... The film industry is about telling good stories and managing large groups of people and huge, huge budgets and very nervous clients, which puts you in a fantastic place to be working with entrepreneurs who are also hopefully working with larger budgets. They are dealing with very stressed clients. So there's that through line. I have spent most of my adult life putting out fires and calming people down. But the film industry itself works in small, very collaborative cells of people. And that's really masterminding because for many, many years, they would put you, you'd have to put a crew together and they'd throw us in a room with a deadline and say, get on with it and get on with each other. And all of those people are used to being right. And they're paid a lot of money to be correct. And those skills of 
calming people down and weaving together a good crew. It was almost, if I could have built something that would have made me perfect at masterminding. It was this. I couldn't have done better. So Liz, you actually shared that you spent a large part of your career putting out fires, but I thought you actually started them, you know, given that you're in physical effects and special effects. (laughs) True. Sadly, the sort of fires (laughs) that, um, (laughs) the the fires you work with are very different. But um, we used to, uh, the image, (laughs) the image that we used to use in film was that everyone is basically running around with their hair on fire. Mm -hmm. And the only reason they're not bursting into complete flames is that they're moving so quickly. (laughs) So you're in this very, very high stressed environment. As long as we just keep moving, everything is fine. But quite patently, nothing is fine. So Liz, you just shared that your time in the film industry gave you the skills and experiences to manage large groups of people and to get the most out of them. But how did you make this transition from being a film industry veteran to actually becoming a mastermind expert? Well, when I left the film industry, which I did because after 20 years, I mean, I I really could just couldn't do those hours anymore because as you would expect, you work seven days a week, 18 hours a day, and that's not really sustainable. And Fool that I am, I thought I should become an entrepreneur. It will be less work. It's ridiculous. Nope, (laughs) indeed. So I left this very collaborative world and it's just me, T-Rex, typing away in my room. And I'm working the same stupid hours, the same long days, and I miss those other people. So I read about the mastermind concept. And at the time I was living in India because I'd be working for DreamWorks there. So I imported the idea of masterminds to India. I then set up a company to run them and started with no skill or ability to run masterminds. So a part of why I feel I'm in a very good place to teach them is I have made every mistake you possibly could making masterminds. Truly, I have, I have, I am ahead of everybody on the, I can, you know, I can avoid, I can help people avoid those errors because I've made them myself. So Liz, could you share with us, what makes a good mastermind? What makes a really good mastermind is the people in it. They're very well curated. They are people that are moving at the same speed, that have the same goals, that um, are also a good mix of people. So they're not all introverts or all extroverts, Um, but they are at a similar kind of level and moving at the same kind of speed towards their goals. So it's a good mix of people. And that is about curation. And one of the things that is very hard about curation is if you are in a mastermind, you never see the people who didn't get into that mastermind. You only see the people in the room with you. So being very strong about curation is very helpful because that means you get the best people in the room, which makes everybody feel good. Um, So curation, saying no to the wrong people and yes to the right people. And, And that's hard at first. And that's why a lot of masterminds are very badly curated. Because if someone's waving money at you, it can be very hard to say, no, you are not a good fit for this mastermind. Take your money and go. So um, obviously you do it a bit more nicely than that. But yes, that principle. So so the right people in the room, um, you're all united around a a common theme. So it's not um, very disparate goals. You're all kind of moving in the same direction. And the people who are running the mastermind, um, and this is going to sound very self-serving, but the people running the mastermind have had some training. They actually know what they're doing. Because part of why I train people in masterminds is that for a long time, in January and February, when a, a lot of masterminds start, my friends would contact me and go, so I have a mastermind starting and I have no idea what to do with them. Can you show me? 
Now Liz, the curation of a mastermind group is clearly very important, but what do you mean by that the individuals have to be of the same level? Can you explain this a bit more? In the context of an entrepreneurship group, I assume that the entrepreneurs inside it should have the same levels in terms of both their business and their individual skill sets as entrepreneurs. Am I right? So at the same level, actually, oddly enough, it doesn't have to be that their skill sets are the same. It doesn't mean that everybody has the same skill set because that wouldn't make a particularly good um, mastermind. You want you want people to have, yeah, that, that if I have a, a hole in my knowledge, if we were in the same mastermind, you have that skill set that would fill that gap for me. Um, And if you needed something, I would be in a position to help you with that. So a good group is blended by the things that I'm missing, I can, and the things that the group needs, I can give to them. And so you have this feeling of I'm giving as much as I'm getting, because I think that's very important. But there's also that you want people that understand at the same level. So if I was just starting a business, um, but I had already run businesses now, I would be in a good position to be with people who are quite experienced. But if you had a, a, an utter noob with someone who's been doing it for 15 years, that wouldn't be as helpful. Okay, I see. So if I was an entrepreneur who has exited two companies before, and this is my third startup, I'll be in a very different position, both in terms of skill set and development as compared to a new entrepreneur who's starting up their very first startup. Exactly. So even though we're both starting, um, you'd be in a much better business because a much better place because you have backing behind you, you know where you're going. But there's also that the noob would be probably horrified to spend time with you because it would feel like they were wasting your time and they didn't know that they couldn't ask the, the really basic questions they need. You probably feel intimidated as well. Yeah. And for the more senior person, they'd be like, why am I here? I am wasting my time. So this part of the curation process involves saying no and rejecting individuals who may not be the best fit for a particular mastermind group. Do you have any tips on managing this process? And has anyone actually taken this a bit too personally? Well, fortunately, I've never had anyone turn nasty because, at least I hope, it's because I manage it well. So um, I wouldn't say to someone, no, you're just you're just completely the wrong person. Um, what I would normally say is that uh, the mastermind that is starting right now, you're not a good fit for it. Let me put you on a wait list, assuming that they are a good fit generally for masterminds, meaning they're sociable, they like helping people, they have a, a nice set of skills and they're kind of a warm person. Some people don't like groups. Some people are better fitted to one-to-one work, but they'll normally tell you that, that they want to have all of your attention for the whole time you're together. For those people, I would move them towards one-to-one coaching. Or of course, some people want things that isn't the focus of what you do. If someone came into me and wanted to start a podcast, uh, it's not really my skill set. Although I could support them through it, I will be much more likely to send them to someone that was a podcast specialist. So one of the delights of my business is that because I've trained lots of people, I know lots of people who who do exactly that. Yeah, so it's very easy to... um, to send people to other people. And I think it's something that when you're just starting out, people are quite cautious of referring out, but it's actually super good for your business. It's great for your network. People remember that you've sent them a client and it's just a nice thing to do. Plus it makes you look well-connected and like a nice, kind, generous person because you are. So Liz, from your experience, what is the mindset or approach that an individual should take when they join a mastermind group to get the most out of it? Of course, it goes without saying that an individual should not be a passive learner and that they should be very active and contributing to the group. But how should they prepare for this and how can they contribute to the group to make the most out of it? So 
the most important thing is the heart of a mastermind is that you have time in the spotlight. Depending on the mastermind, that might be once a month or it might be over a weekend or it might be every other week. But you have a time when you can ask the group that you trust a question. So I call that an ask to make it different from just a question. So to come to a mastermind with a very clear ask. I would like information about X. What do you think about Y? I have this thing I need to show you and I would love your feedback. So if you come in with a very clear question and then frankly, you are then quiet after you have asked the question and you take on board the thoughts you're getting. Because sometimes people will ask their question and then in the nicest possible way, just sort of waffle on. Like, no, it's quiet <laughs> time now. <laughs> yeah, because you, you are precious. Exactly. But you're also not there to broadcast. You're there to ask your question and then absorb the incoming thoughts. And often with a mastermind, it's the it's the smaller thoughts that are most useful. Because obviously sometimes you'll come out and think, right, I, you know, I needed a que- an answer to my question. I've got a perfect answer. I know exactly what to do. But sometimes it will be a throwaway thought that someone who knows you well will say, I don't know, something like, I'm surprised you're asking this because I know you know the answer to that. How about you think about it like this? And it's those little moments of validation, of being seen totally in a different way. Um, and sometimes people don't have a clear question because if if you're working together for a year, say, there will be moments where you go, oh, I actually don't have anything to say. You know, I know what I'm doing, I know where I'm going. And at that point, I will lead the mastermind to give input to give thoughts, just reflection. And those are often the best times because people will say, you know, you have tenacity, which if you are simply struggling with something, it doesn't feel like tenacity. It just feels like I'm pushing a rock up a hill every day. So to have someone else say, you've got tenacity, you're stuck with it. That's really impressive. And coming from someone who actually knows you for a period of time and has worked with you, it probably means a lot more as well. Exactly. Exactly. And if I may, that, that that's one of the things that is most useful about a mastermind, which <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's going to be a benefit, but it's this, that you begin to think about the other person's business almost as much as your own. And while you're thinking about it, you, you're not tied to the same way of thinking that you would be about your own business. It's not full of can'ts and I shouldn't and that's not a good thing because for them, you're thinking only from about their abilities and the most generous thoughts. So time and time again, I have seen people give advice to someone else in a mastermind. Beautiful, modulated, lovely. Have you thought about doing this? And they'll stop halfway through and say, oh, maybe I should do that in my own business. Because we because we can't we can't read the label inside the jar. Yes, exactly. And it's also it's exactly the same way. You know how you can look at someone else's love life and think, oh, they should not be together. No, 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 no. Well, you you can do the same thing for someone else's marketing, but you can't see it in your own stuff. But your mastermind buddies can. Now, Liz, can you share with us what's the difference between a paid mastermind and a free mastermind? While I assume that neither is automatically good or bad, can you share with us how the experiences will tend to differ? So they, as you say, they can both be amazing. And I have been in free masterminds that have lasted for years and everything's great. But the real problem for most people with a free mastermind is that they don't have that breadth of curation. 
They'll ask a friend who's available on Tuesdays. They'll ask another friend who's a bit of an entrepreneur. And that level of curation isn't there. But also in the group, if it's a six-person group and there's six of you, there isn't one person who is doing all of the facilitation. And there is quite a um, shift between, you know, come on now, you've been speaking too long, and the, oh, I'm now in the hot seat. So having someone else do the facilitation is really useful. But a paid group is more than that. It's not just that you have someone facilitating. You have somebody who, who has more oversight, who, who knows more about you than, than the rest of the group, who can bring out those parts, who can coach a little bit. Um, because I think for a lot of us, we tend to sort of gloss over some of our more fabulousness because most of us don't really like to go on and on about how great we are. If there's someone else there who goes, no, oh, hang on a minute. You, you know, I mean, I have, I have a friend who's a brain surgeon and he tells people it's just like plumbing. No, it isn't. It's nothing like plumbing. And if we were in a mastermind together, I would make sure that he, he was just being modest. So it's making sure that the best of people is brought out. You are guiding the conversation, watching the body language of the people there to make sure that nobody is being, you know how people can get very excited. Oh, you should do this. You should try that. Oh, it'd be great. And if you don't watch the person very carefully, you might miss the fact that they don't want that at all. So part of my job or any paid mastermind coach is to make sure that, is this the kind of stuff you want to hear? Are we moving in the right direction for you? So you're, you're, creating that space. And I don't really like the term holding the space, but it's very true that you are making that attention very clear. The attention and the intention. Yeah, you're like, this is a space where we come together to do this one thing. And very easily, free masterminds sort of end up as this lovely little chat that you all have every two weeks, which is not really the same thing. And that's when it becomes a networking group, right? Yeah. Or, or just a, a wine and dine where people just whine about all the horrible things going on in their lives. So Liz, where can we find a good mastermind to join? Is there a particular organisation we can approach? Well, um, sadly, there aren't very many. Uh, there, aren't, there aren't many, to be honest. But if you are in a successful business, there are some of the larger companies like um, the Young Presidents Organisation or EO, if your business is making serious bank, you can contact them when you join them as masterminds involved. Otherwise, it is quite tricky. But I would start by asking your, your friends, you know, where, who do they know? Because that's that's your best bet. Um, but yeah, I can't say, unfortunately, there isn't a hub to find out a lot. So Liz, here's the million dollar question. Why should an entrepreneur start a mastermind apart from the fact that they can learn so much from it? Well, um, if you run a paid mastermind yourself, it is super lucrative. It is very time efficient. So you can spend time with other people. Um, my groups, the way I teach people to, to run them is two hours every two weeks. So it's four hours a month. Mm -hmm. And once you've kind of got, yeah, well, exactly. So it's very little time. Um, great results for the clients. When you know what you're doing, you can guide people to really big results and you can easily charge between 10 and 30,000 US dollars for it. So depending on how long it is. So it's a good moneymaker. It's really good fun. There is no work to do after you've been in the mastermind. And um, I find that I spend all of my time listening to 
smart entrepreneurs talk about growing their businesses. So I'm sure my business has grown quickly because I spend all day hanging out with smart people. So Liz, if an entrepreneur wants to start up their own mastermind, could you give us some tips or resources on what they should be looking out for when they're planning this? Sure. Um, I have lots of resources on my website. I know at the end we'll be um, sharing those, those links so I can leave those for you. But basically the framework that I teach most people to start with is to run a three-month mastermind just to see if you like it. Do it every two weeks. So that's 12 sessions and then add a bonus session at the end, which is a gratitude session where you remind people how far they've come and what they've achieved. Because one of the things entrepreneurs, what we tend to do is is just remember the things we haven't done, not the good stuff that we have achieved. And in those two, two sessions a month, they are two hours each. And ideally, if you have six people in the group, because I would keep it quite small, have six people in a group, then you have three people do a quick check-in and then you do three half-hour hot seats, which is when you get to ask your question, you get the input from the group. And if you have really tiny ones, it's the sort I run, which are four people, you have four hot seats twice a month. So everybody gets two hot seats or everybody gets one hot seat. And with that simple structure, you are going to be in a position to really help people. And obviously my, my masterminds are entrepreneurial, but you can run a mastermind for pretty much anything, any goal that you work with for your clients, whether it's journaling or growing a baby or building a, building a house, might be a bit weird that one, but you can do anything. Like anything that has a specific goal, you make sure that everybody gets a hot seat, they make a commitment to what they'll achieve next time, and then you check. So did you do those things you said you were going to do? And what's your question for this time? And that's all you need. So Liz, let's say I'm a customer and I approached you. What kind of services or help can you actually provide me? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have a course on how to run masterminds. But I also have lots of free resources on my website because I am, as you can tell, evangelical about masterminds. And there are a lot of terrible masterminds out there. And they're terrible because people have no idea what they're doing. They've taken the word and tacked it onto whatever they happen to be doing. So I love to, I'd love for people to run masterminds because they're great for, great for their business. They're great for their mindset and lucrative. And like I said, they've helped my business. So I think everybody should run masterminds from free resources to paid resources. I would, if I may, check my website. It's a really good, it's a really good spot for lots of places of about mastermind. Thank you, Liz. That's very generous of you. Now, could you share with us some of your future plans? Well, um, I'm launching a new brand called Evil Coach, which offers many of the same things as Rethink, my main brand, which is, um, one-to-one coaching, intensive half days and masterminds, but it just has a very silly brand. So um, it's it's me kind of having fun, really. So Liz, if our listeners only remember one thing from today's conversation, what would you like it to be? Well, can, can I have two? Can I cheat? Of course. So one would be if you are joining a mastermind, make sure that the person you're joining has some experience of masterminds. Either they've had training or they have run them before and speak to some people who have been in those groups. Make sure that you feel good about it. So that, so there's that. And if you are thinking of running a mastermind, um, do it. Like, just do it. Ideally, join a mastermind first so you know, know what they're like. But those two things, if you're thinking about it, do it. And if you think you're joining one, do it. Just masterminds. 
do it. So Liz, how can the listeners get in contact with you if they want your help? Well, um, I am going to make a lovely page just for your listeners, which is at rethinkcentral.com slash TED. Liz, thank you so much for the offer and for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for joining me and Liz for today's episode and to learn about what is a mastermind and the benefits of joining one. Now, the show notes, tools and resources are all available on my website at tattoo.com. And if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and share the show with someone who will find it useful as well. And don't forget about the Amazon gift voucher giveaway. If you actually do subscribe and leave a review on Apple iTunes by the end of September, then you stand a chance to win $50 worth of gift vouchers from Amazon. That's all for me today. I'll see you next time.